Welcome to the Ask a Zentro podcast series, the podcast that delves into all aspects of business communications and collaboration, all with a real focus on you, the customer. Over the coming episodes, we'll sit down with Zentro staff, several of our key vendor partners, and even some of our wonderful customers as we discuss everything from the latest trends in communication and collaboration. We'll break down some of the complexities of the industry and share some helpful tips. It's all aimed at helping our listeners drive increased efficiencies, productivity, and profitability into their businesses. After all, it's not all about technology. It's about what the technology can do for our business that really counts. So let's get started with today's episode. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Azentro podcast. Joining me once again is Greg Fletcher-Harris from Adelaide today. Good morning, Gary. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Greg. And our special guest today is Mr. John Doig from Black Box. Welcome, John. Hi, thanks for having me on. Great to have you on, John. And um, look, uh, Gary and I are starting to ramp up our podcast. It's great to be able to start to talk to some really important partners of Azentro. And um, we look forward to talking to some customers in the coming weeks as well. So let, let's let's kick off, John, um, a little bit about black box mobility. Uh, what is it? It sounds very um, cryptic, black box. Uh, let, us, let us know what you do and where you fit into the Azentro family. Okay, so black box mobility started uh, just over five years ago, um, an app development uh, business. Um, and from there, over the years, um, and in particular over the last two years, it's um, evolved into more of a mobile consultancy business. So from my background, um, for the past 15, 16 years working with uh, corporate and enterprise customers um, around um, mobility solutions, I identified a number of gaps in the market, um, I guess, of what customers are wanting um, and what they're not able to uh, what they're not able to access or what they're, they're not uh, they're not getting from, um, I guess, their existing partners. In so the, I guess it's it, and and the mobile industry, John. It's not just a mobile phone anymore, right? We're we're carrying a mini computer in our hands. Is is that where the the applications and the security issues and the the complexities get in there for customers? Definitely, definitely. So yeah, when we look at it as a mobile computing or as a computing endpoint, um, you know, the mobile phone or the mobile device, whether it's a tablet, whether it's a um, you know, a mobile PC, whether it's a, a phone, um, it's no longer the secondary device anymore. It is the primary computing device for a lot of organisations and a lot of users, and um, on a business level and on a personal level as well. It's it's very much evolved into that. And, and uh, from a business perspective, I suppose our friend COVID had a lot to do with that. We all rushed home and started working, so we're, we're more of a, a, a mobile workforce. Definitely. And um, interesting thing about that, um, I was looking at some, uh, some statistics that, that came through the other day, and Australia has actually come out uh, in a couple of reports that I was looking at as the most productive remote working um, you know, society in the world. Uh, so on top of the US, on top of um, most of Europe. Why do you think that is, mate? Do you, do you think, um, you know, I've, I've read some similar sorts of articles and, and Australia is traditionally a very diverse population anyway. We don't have the density of, of cities and density of workplaces that, that many of the European, Asian and, and American cities do. Do you think we, we're just used to communicating a little bit differently because 
we're not all together? Is, is it a cultural thing? Definitely. I think that's a big part of it. I know for my entire career, I've worked with teams, you know, when I've been based here in Brisbane, um, I've been working with teams all around the country. Um, you know, some of that I've done in person, traveling, but a lot of it has been, um, you know, I guess essentially working remotely with those teams. So, yeah, because of our, you know, geographical um, sort of dispersedness, I guess, um, you know, we, um, yeah, we, we need to do things remotely. I think also, um, we're very much used to in Australia being um, – we don't, in the business environment, work nine to five typically. No. Do you think it's – because it's easier to set up a, a work environment in the home here than it would be compared to, say, other countries overseas that are, you know, like have very cramped living environments um, – is it easier to set up an environment here in the in the home that has made that easier? I think so. You know, we've got um, yeah. You know, when we compare ourselves to other countries, you know, we've got larger houses, we've got more yeah. rooms, more space, definitely. But um, I guess with that, there's this whole flip side that comes with it, which is um, you know, it's it's easy to set up and work from home, but we need to secure that environment. We need to make sure that um, yeah, productivity isn't the issue. And I guess that's that's what I'm getting at there is you know, when, when we look at um, working remotely or the mobile environment in Australia, productivity doesn't seem to be too much of an issue. You know, no. we, we can be productive. Um, but with that productivity, um, or yeah, where we're okay there, we need to focus on the security. We need to make sure that we're keeping our workers, our data, and our organisation safe. Yeah, look, we, we, we touched that on one of our first podcasts or chats, Gary, about mobile security. And, and yes, we're now carrying around a virtually a mobile computer in our in our mobile phone. But talk to me a little bit more about uh, security, John. We, we all know about uh, phishing scams and viruses, etc., on the PC. Don't click on that link, etc. Has that really infiltrated the mobile phone market? I mean, we, we tend to think well, our, our mobile is pretty secure. Definitely. All of those threats that we see on um, you know, on traditional PCs, on traditional networks, are there on, uh, on mobile devices. Um, in fact, they're even more prevalent on mobile devices. So the majority of phishing um, now occurs outside of email. So we're seeing. So those text messages about winning all that money, I'm not really winning that money, is that what you're saying? Well, probably not, no. Um, I noticed my bank account hasn't changed. So, because I I know a lot of, of, I'm getting a lot of, um, like, I know I get a lot of, like, no caller IDs, or I'm getting a lot of messages that I don't know where they would be from that are are doing exactly that. They're phishing. And part of the reason that, um, I guess, we're seeing mobiles targeted and targeted continually and it's escalating and growing in the mobile space um, is a simple case of it works. So for the, uh, you know, the, the, the criminal element, the, the hackers that are doing this, you know, um, however we want to refer to them, um, it works for them. They get results. And part of that comes down to, um, I believe, the mindset of when we're using a mobile device versus sitting down in front of a laptop or a PC. So when you sit down in front of your laptop or PC, typically you're engaged, you're there, you're you're working. So you're in that work mindset, you're a lot more analytical about what you're doing, you you interrogate things more um, when you're doing them. You've got larger screen real estate, it's easier to look at a URL and see does that 
look yeah. like it should? Or is that email legitimate? Is there dodgy things in that that you know make me think, okay, that's that's not uh, that's not quite right? When we're doing things in the mobile uh, the, the mobile space, you're doing things quickly. You're doing them as they come in, and people typically don't question things. They don't interrogate things. Um, so that's why we see things like phishing, um, you know, work so well for, for for the criminal element in the uh, in the mobile space. So, so I, I guess the layperson would say, yeah, sure, there's scams and there's you've won a million dollars from Nigeria somewhere, etc. But what, what's the corporate what's the corporate um, risk? I guess if I'm clicking on, I've, I've got a corporate mobile phone. I've got an email, I've got my work email on there and I'm clicking on links that I, I shouldn't. Is is that contained to the mobile or even though I'm on a mobile phone and I'm clicking the wrong link, can I can it still do damage within the wider corporate network? So it doesn't matter where the uh, where the threat comes from, the I guess what we call a threat vector. Okay. And and mobiles typically have a higher number of threat vectors than um, than PCs or other networks because we've got so many things going on. We've got so many different ways of connecting. They're always on, things like that. When something happens on a mobile device, um, whether it is um, exfiltration of data, whether it's getting your credentials for, it could be um, something as simple as your email. Okay, you know, get, getting credentials for that. It could be a phishing scam that you know asks you to log into you know the classic one of Australia Post. You've got a parcel, put in your credentials. A mm. um, couple of things can happen. One is, I guess, you know, are we looking at um, you know some malicious code being loaded onto the device, or what's actually happening there? What's happening with the network? Network threats, app threats, things like that. But the simplest thing is also down to the other security practices. So, um, let's say someone gets your credentials for your Gmail account or your Hotmail account or whatever it may be, your personal email, um, or they get it for your corporate email or whatever that is. How many other places have you used that password? How many other places have you used those credentials? Um, can we access some of those resources, being your email, um, SMS, or whatever it may be, to get other information about you, or to impersonate you, in particular in the corporate environment? You know, we all know of the typical, you know, scam of a um, someone impersonating the CEO through their email account, sending it to a CFO, saying transfer this money you know, to this account or pay these bills. There was a recent one um, that was in the last sort of 12 to 18 months, um, a, a bank here in uh, in Queensland um, that um, the bank manager was handling a loan disbursement. Uh, I think it was a mortgage disbursement for building of a, uh, of a house. Um, and the email chain was intercepted uh, and then impersonated. Um, and they asked the bank manager to change the bank account that tens of thousands of dollars were being paid into. And the bank manager, it was a regional sort of area. You know, there's that element of trust, and this is what this is what they prey on, okay, is that, that element of trust. You know, we, we all want to trust people. We all want to be helpful. So, so John, what would be, like if that happened to me, for instance, what would be the solution that I would need to look at for that or, or know that if it, it has been done, 
Yeah, so this is where typically we, we would look at and, and consult with the client in regards to, and hopefully before any of this happens, um, or if something does happen, of then mitigating the risk of it happening again. So we look at the uh, the security practices in the organization. We look at how we can protect the users. Um, and I like to take the approach of protecting the end users. If we protect the users and their data, that just flows onto protecting the enterprise and their data as well. Okay, so, you know, it's it's that, that flow on of protecting uh, everything. Um, so, yeah, looking at those security practices, what's there, what's being done, what's not being done, and where we can improve things. Okay, cool. Okay, so, John, um, sort of just getting off the track a bit now, um, we like to always talk to our guests a, a little bit about their personal life. I, I mean, I can see that you've been... You've been in mobility solutions for over 15 years and you're founder of Black Box and you're probably a very busy man. So what are the sort of things you like to do, hobbies uh, that you like to do outside of work to sort of keep your mind on that same that same playing field? Yeah, so hobbies for me outside of work, um, I guess um, mo- the mobility industry and security is, <laughs> I find it very all-encompassing. Um you know, time-wise. So a lot of my spare time is actually spent um, keeping up to speed with what's going on in, in technology. So I guess you could almost say, like, you know, technology is a, is a hobby of mine as well. Um, and, you know, it flows across into my personal life um, and I'm so passionate about it. And that's one of the reasons, you know, that, that I found a black box. Um, outside of that, um, you know, I'm, I'm a father and a husband, um, you know, my, uh, my two-year-old son keeps me incredibly busy. <laughs> so I'd probably say he's my number one hobby and my number one, um, you know, thing that I do, uh, you know, a- outside of work. So, and outside of that, I'm a, um, uh, I love motorbikes. Yes, I, I did I, read that on your profile. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm a big fan of MotoGP. So, um, you're a, you're a road bike man or a dirt bike man or? I'm, I'm a road bike man. Um, look, I, I appreciate dirt bikes, but I'm, I'm definitely a road bike man. Yeah, right, on the weekend in his leathers. <laughs> <laughs> and um, outside of that, I guess the, the other thing um, really for, for, for me and for our household is, um, is live theatre. We, we love live theatre, um, musicals, opera. Um, yep. Yeah, definitely. Got you there. <laughs> we, all, we already talked about that earlier on before we got onto this call. So, and and it is it's just it's just um, uh, it's great to get to know our our partners a little bit and behind every uh, geeky IT guy is uh, is um, somebody that likes the motorbikes and theatre so uh, there's a, there's a there's a mix for you just as we as we start to wrap up um, uh, I guess from an Azentro black box partnership perspective if I'm a customer um, and I've listened to the podcast today or I'm aware that that you know, I've got a fleet of mobiles. Maybe I'm not considering security and how I manage them and the risk to my business enough. What, what, what's, where, where do I start? Okay. The best starting point really is to, I guess, talk to your Resentro team. Uh, and then we engage from there. So it's as simple as having a conversation and then, um, you know, setting up a workshop and, you know, do, doing some discovery and, and seeing what we can do to help. And, and we've packaged up some some small 
fairly fairly simple audits, for instance, you know, and it, it can be as little as I, I think a thousand dollars or something to get you started. Um, we can potentially leverage Telstra Tech funds to pay for those, those etc. So it's we're not we're not talking a massive investment to get started and get an understanding of of uh, what my risks might be. Yeah. Definitely. And that was um, part of the reason for partnering and working with Zentro is, um, as you're saying, around the cost is that you know, we're not talking about tens of thousands of dollars worth of consulting here. We're talking about something that's accessible for organizations of any size. So we've built some starting points there, some prepackaged offerings. Um, and then from there, we can roll that out into or customize it into absolutely anything an organization needs. That's awesome, mate. Um, and, and look, I, I think this whole mobility industry, you, you hit it on the head. It's as though we take it for granted or we're a lot more relaxed when we've got a mobile device in our hands than we are sitting at a PC in the office. And I think it's that mindset that potentially, obviously, criminals have preying on and and potentially leaves our businesses at risk if we we don't give it some attention yeah and it's definitely definitely from a, a layman's point of view it's made me think a little bit more about the the whole mobile um environment because uh, i think you're right what you said earlier about you know people are, are when they have a mobile phone the the reaction is immediate to respond to something rather than if it's on a computer so it's definitely sort of made me um, a bit more wary of things. And, and if we can get the marketing guy uh, excited <laughs> about mobile security, look, look out when we talk to our customers. With, with that, probably one of the biggest tips that um, I can give anyone when it comes to, to uh, mobility and security is to just question things a little bit. Question everything a little bit. That SMS, that email, that app, um, you know, is it okay? Is it legitimate? So just a small amount of questioning and, um, yeah, we can save ourselves a lot of headaches. Yeah, really great advice, John. Um, thanks, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, um, getting to know you and the business uh, Black Box and the relationship with Zentro a little bit better. Um, mobile security is, is something that in this day and age, obviously, uh, a very important topic and one all of our customers should be really aware of and, and sincerely appreciate your time. Yes, thanks, John. Thanks for that. Really appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. And um, we'll no doubt catch up again down the track. Um, but thank you very much again. And thanks, Greg. Thanks, Gary. See you guys. Thank you. Bye. Azentro is based in Australia and has offices in Queensland, South Australia and Northern Territory. If you'd like to know more about Azentro, you can go to our website, azentro.com.au. That's A-Z-E-N-T-R-O.com.au. And don't forget to check out our social media as well. You'll find those links on our website.